years, your brain might turn to putty. But there's still a chance to learn. We'll be your study buddies. We're going to talk about some stuff and make research cool. Welcome back to another episode of Study Buddies, the podcast that brings you the latest in science and psychology. And sometimes more. And today is an episode with more. Sometimes more. We're with a passing notes episode this week. My name is Paola Sanchez Abreu. And my name is Taylor Collins. What up, Taylor? We back with a passing notes episode of last week's study that you brought in. Yeah, last week's study was called Low self-control, a hidden cause of loneliness. Dun, dun, dun. So, Paula, would you be able to just quickly summarize what the findings were? If you guys want to really understand the study, please go back and listen to our prior episode where we really break this down. Oh, yeah. Well, today, since we're going to be talking about the results, I'm going to give them to you right now. So, as we know, this study is called Low Self-Control, a Hidden Cause of loneliness. And so from this study, we have a result starting with one. Lower self-control was associated with higher loneliness. Oh my gosh. Sad. Two, sad. experiencing self-control failures on one day predicted loneliness the next day, but the reverse was not true. So if you had loneliness on one day, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have self-control failures the following day. But if you have self-control failures on a Tuesday, you may feel lonely on the Wednesday. Sad. Result number three. Participants in the study showed a greater likelihood of ostracizing somebody that shows low self-control. That's somebody in the study. Her name was Robin. She was a great character. Also sad. That's, a, that's sad. That one's sad. Yeah. Uh, I think this is result number four. Participants felt that low self-control Robin, remember that character I mentioned? Low self-control Robin also seemed to be like less of a good person in general and less likely to be a good person towards others. That's what participant felt about her. Also it's a. Uh, can you guys guess what it is? It's a. Uh, it's 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 a uh, sad. And result number four. They showed that the relationship between trait self control and loneliness. I think, I think we had two fours. That's okay. We're gonna go with it. They showed that the relationship between trait <laughs> self control and loneliness was mediated or explained by trait ostracism. Oh yeah. And then six, five. I don't remember, guys. I literally can't count. This next result is state low self-control seem to have a bigger impact on feelings of loneliness. So it seems like those moment-to-moment self-control failures seem to have like a bigger impact on your feelings of loneliness as a whole. So these were all the results that, I don't know, Taylor, what did they all seem to you? Um, They they seemed uh, sad. Yeah, sad. I think yeah, the word was yeah, sad. sad. Sad was the word, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and just to note, these were like 
mm, let's say the Cliff Notes version of the results. We did lay out like a ton more in our last episode, so please go check them out. But this is just a little refresher for your brain if you, you know, listened to last week's episode last week when it came out because you were so excited and you just wanted a little refresher. This is what that was. Yes. And so with that being said, why don't we move on to our segment? The Day to Day. This is a segment where we talk about how the study might influence our day to day on a personal level. Okay. Taylor. Okay. Tell me. Ah! So basically, <laughs> my worst fears come true. Yeah. Like, essentially, if you are somewhat of like an impulsive character, like, I don't know, what? Me? What? Who? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Like, no. I don't know. Uh, then you might be more likely to be alone when you're being yourself. Yikes. Like, help. Yeah. I mean, this is, like, personally something that I don't struggle with. But I know a lot of people that do, and it makes me sad. Things are things are really sad. And, I mean, <laughs> I guess it's it's just, like... I think this this study can be difficult because like one of the I think deep seated fears that all of us have is like being rejected or yeah. not yep. loved or ending up alone yeah, or like so loneliness fun. is yeah so loneliness is like really terrifying and this is essentially saying like hey if you don't control yourself even on a small level like even if people know that you have money problems but you bought a cell phone they're going to think you're less mm-hmm. trustworthy and they're going to be more likely to like kick you out of the group like that's rough dude the idea of being perceived as a less good person because i decide and you know what this is actually crazy because now that we talk about this like when i have days where i'm just like you know what i just want ice cream and i know that like i already had it yesterday but like i want ice cream again today and i'm just gonna do it yeah and like my roommate walks in on me eating ice cream at 4 p.m., I literally feel guilty and I feel like I'm going to be judged. Um, And I think I'm noticing that for the first time ever. I'm placing that feeling right now on this podcast. Wow, is this therapy? I don't know. But like that is so crazy because I think that that might be where it's coming from that like I don't want Mira to think I'm a bad person because I'm eating ice cream at 4 p.m. even though like I already had some at noon and like the day before and this pint is almost gone and it's been less than 24 hours right like if you didn't have to be accountable to someone else who would judge you like maybe your self-control would be a little more flexible but you do abide by it for the reason like that you want to be accepted and you want to follow social norms so you're not alone yeah this also is making me think of now that we talk about roommates my first year in new york i lived alone in an uh, a one-bedroom apartment and it was like literally so sad it was like the saddest year of my life um second saddest but um sad. yeah it was sad again <laughs> but um i like my taylor you know me i am an incredibly neat person i'm incredibly organized very clean dude that apartment was a disaster when I was living in it. Wow. Because one, I think I had nobody to be accountable to. Like, that's one. But two, like, two, like, I, I was always alone in that apartment. Like, I, I think I, like, over the year that I was there, I think I had, like, friends over, like, 12 times. Which, think about it, that's, like, once a month. That's nothing. Mm. So I was really lonely that year. And my apartment was a disaster. And, like, 
honestly, this study makes me feel like those two things probably were related in a certain respect. Right. It, that kind of speaks to the that bi-directional, like they can relate, they can both impact each other relationship right. because you were probably feeling more lonely, like living alone. And so yeah. then there was just less of a need to exhibit self-control. Yeah, for sure. And like, it's so funny how like, social norms can keep you in place. Like if the established social norm is that you're a person that is in self-control, like that's like a normal thing to be able to like control your actions. Then if you fall out of that, you may feel ostracized, but also other people may be like, well, that's not a normal thing to do. Even though like we all know it's literally so normal, but (laughs) like it still is something that we do judge. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, it makes me, it makes me second guess myself, which is, I mean, probably a good thing when you're like an impulsive person. Um, like <laughs> I like, I often feel like I'm a person who has like lowered inhibition in saying something. So I frequently <laughs> end up with like foot in mouth syndrome. Um, uh-huh. And I don't know about you guys, but like I experience this in like maybe 85% of my conversations. Um <laughs> So, like, you know, it makes me think about, like, okay, I need to step back uh, because, you know, when, like, your thought process goes, like, a little too far in something and you're like, no, 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 don't say that. Like, it's going to be weird. Like, but then you do it anyway and then you instantly regret it. (laughs) Well, I live there. I was going to say that's definitely a you thing, Taylor. (laughs) Like, that is home base, baby. Just an average Tuesday (laughs) at 2 p.m. for me. All right. (laughs) So I don't like with that being said, like, luckily, I have a lot of wonderful friends and how they tolerate me. I have yet to find out. Um, So like, I'm unsure if like, I'm not as self-control inhibited as I'm thinking of myself as or like making myself out to be. um, Or if I've just surrounded myself with like really accepting and patient people. Well, it's funny because that that's like a very interesting because that's you not perceiving yourself as being self-controlled. Yeah. But like another person may just be like, oh, no, Taylor's just really outspoken. And they might not see like the work that you're doing in your head to try and control what comes out of your mouth. Like right. they don't see the failure. Um, even if you feel the failure, like they may not perceive that. So I think that that's, that's interesting in itself that like you <laughs> – you ostracize yourself in your own head when you when you do these like these like let loose I'm just gonna say it kind of things that's, that's really that, interesting that's that like lying awake at night just thinking about why you said something and being like or did something or you know like being yeah like, nope shouldn't have done that that was weird uh or like be, they're gonna hate me tomorrow they're or... gonna be ostr- yeah and I will say uh, side note, not super related to anything, but I think that there are some gender effects here as a woman. Because yes. I think being outspoken, um, not that this yep. is like the only aspect of self-control. This is just like the one, again, that I personally relate to um, with this study a lot. But I think if I were like maybe a man, I wouldn't think that those same level of like outbursts would be as uh, poorly tolerated as they may be because I'm a woman. Well, I would love to put a pin in that woman thing and save it for macaroni and cheese. But before we leave macaroni and cheese, do you have anything left for Data Data? Yeah, I do have like one more thing that this made me like think of. And it was like kind of like this is, this study is like a little bit of a call to action. Hmm. 
to be more accountable to myself. Um, kind of how they were, were saying, like, when you have low self-control, you might with, you might withdraw. Um, and, and that might lead to lead to more loneliness. Like you might feel, it might lead to negative emotions about yourself. Or, um, if, if you do something that poorly affects others, uh, in the moment, then that might lead to you having negative effects. And I think like when I, when I think about what I want in life, like I just want to be ultimately surrounded by people I love, um, loving them, being loved back, like having quality time with people I care about. Absolutely. And so like if it's, if this study is saying that self-control is a big aspect of that and having that and achieving that, then it makes like that makes me want to do like basic self-control things more often, like making sure I like tidy my room more often or mm-hmm. um, eat healthy meals like we were saying or like make myself get up and do that exercise run with someone. Like things that hmm. take take a lot more self-control but then like give you benefits that lead you to be less lonely. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love looking at science as accountability. You know, I love that. That's wonderful. Mm. <laughs> um, well, with that being said, I'd love to move us into macaroni and cheese. Macaroni and cheese. Yay. And this segment, we connect the study's suggestions to the bigger picture of the world. Yeah. And I want to go back to what you were talking about, Taylor, about, um, how this study can be gendered in, in regards to like the binaries of women and men and how um, it, it reminded me what you were talking about reminded me of that thing where they're like, Oh, like women must be well-behaved or whatever. Like a well-behaved mm. woman is like a all, you know, like a long, a long standing tradition of the American and worldly being. Uh, and how I think, a lot of the times um, self-control is seen as being well-behaved and totally. Yeah. And like, obviously self-control for men traditionally um, isn't necessary, but it is for women. <laughs> like it's, it's kind of crazy yeah, how that's, that's like the case. That's a really huge point. And there was like, I think one of the studies uh, particularly mentioned controlling for gender, but I'm not sure what that really oh. looked like. And yeah. I, I I don't know if they did that as a whole. And so I think it would be so interesting to see, like, does having low self-control lead women to be more ostracized than it would men? Yeah. Well, and I think, like, if, if we – I know at one point in the study they were talking about how, like, um, aggression is mm-hmm. – a sign of like low self-control, right? If you like exhibit right. aggression regularly. And like, I think about a lot of men that exhibit aggression regularly. What? Um, but they're, <laughs> but what? they're like, right. I've never noticed that. Well, you know, um, <laughs> but they're like not necessarily, I mean, I would say probably in today's age, they're perhaps more ostracized depending on, you know, the, the culture specifically that you, you are in a lot of the time that you spend a lot of your time in. But um, it is interesting to think of, like, how in the past, like, women that, like, throw fits and tantrums, like, are truly, like, 
the witch hunts, like Salem, like she's possessed. She has, uh, what's that called? Hit, uh, he, she's hysterical. She, she needs, um, to go to a mental institution. Um, even though they're like essentially doing the same things as men. I just think it's fascinating how like that low self-control, um, leads to different levels of ostracization depending on your gender, historically speaking. Right. No, that's that's absolutely true. So it's essentially like, I don't know, it's making me think like how how low self-control imp- affects like s- different populations differently. Um, mm-hmm. And it, this it kind of brings me back to, you know, I work with children and families every day. I work with a lot yeah. of kids who have low self con- self control, and it almost makes sure. me think: um, Are children with certain diagnoses more likely to feel lonely um, because yeah. they typically exhibit less self control, which means they're more likely to be yeah. ostracized by a peer group or bullied, so they're more lonely? Like, so it makes me think of like mm-hmm. um, attention deficit hyperactive disorder. Yep. Um, oppositional yep. defiant disorder, conduct disorder. Mm-hmm. Like there are like different things that might make you make it more challenging uh, for you to exhibit self-control, like autism spectrum yep. disorder. Like there's just, right. there's certain things. And so like, how, how does that set us up when we are wired for connection and these children already have that working against them um, because they're seen as problematic. Yep. They're, they're kind of, frequently ostracized and that kind of long-term feeling of loneliness starting from when you're a kid, like even if it's only at, even if it's only like a slightly higher level of loneliness, it may not be all the time. It may not be that no one accepts you, but it might be that you're accepted less frequently because of those, those things related to your diagnosis. Um, And I guess it's just kind of like painful to think about and makes me wonder like how, how could we, combat that tendency of, for that to happen? Like, how can we support children with diagnoses and finding a way to make them feel not alone? Yeah, I think, um, well, one, I think the diagnosis itself is incredibly helpful because um, there's a there's a lot in, in being diagnosed and if it's a positive thing and if it's a negative thing. But I do think in this sense, it's not necessarily an excuse, but it is an explanation. And I think explanations help people that are caregivers or people that are being supportive to young children that are dealing with this a lot because it it allows you to understand what kind of patience you need to have because to them, these behaviors are like kind of acceptable in a certain respect, whereas like a typical kid might know that this isn't acceptable and is able to control it. So I I think the diagnosis in itself is like one step in the right direction um, in trying to be able to support. Right. It helps, puts it into perspective. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, So that like having the diagnosis might help understanding um, from others and also, like, it makes me think, uh, and we and we do this. We have peer like lunch bunch groups and things like that to to encourage this. But like the importance of inclusivity, uh, it's so important. Yeah, to to just kind of contrast these effects to help to help mitigate them, um, and and teaching children to be inclusive because, again, when we talked about loneliness and why it's so important, 
like it leads to premature morbidity, like earlier death and depression. Like it may not seem like a big thing to be like left out of something in the moment, but when you add, when you stack up those experiences, they hurt and they have really big consequences. So like that moment to moment inclusivity is what we need to strive for. Yeah. Um, not to bring it back to gender like I always do, but um, we know that statistically, like, men that are single die earlier than women. Um, and I I think that it's interesting to think about, like, and men statistically are lonelier as they age. Like, they just grow lonelier as they age. And I... Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah. And I um, do what... Specifically, like, white men in America... <laughs> grow lonelier as they age um but overall sad it's 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 actually like that's like deeply deeply sad um but and potentially very explanatory right but yes anyway it it is in a lot of respects and I do think I wonder if like that that cycle of like loneliness and lack of self-control and loneliness like if we like boys not wow. being taught to control themselves at an early age wow. or like understanding what that looks like and having it just be a perpetual cycle through their lives and like leading to ostracized ostra ostra I forgot how to say the word how do you say the word being ostracized being, yeah leading to being ostracized and just kind of like that self imploding cycle it's just fascinating to think of it from that level especially in a changing like in a changing gender dynamic like as it goes changing as men are held more accountable they are growing sadder <laughs> it's and it's that's a, such an important dynamic because it's like them how they were accepted as people the social norms that part in between yeah. that acceptance mm-hmm. um that is what's changing. Right. Their self-control is where it is. Um, right. But it's it's now changing that how much they're being accepted, which is making them more lonely. And right. I think that that almost would make someone more resistant. And I think that's why you see yeah. like that opposition to the accountability of words and um, tone policing and, and yep. being politically correct and all of these all of these kind of like trigger words that we see coming up that we see kind of a polarized side to like yeah. if we really break it down like it could it could have a lot to do with them ultimately feeling rejected and defensive because they're getting lonely and loneliness sucks regardless of who you are what yep. your political spectrum is what your gender is what yep. your skin color is like yep. no one wants to feel isolated and no one should and that i think deep pain of being rejected is yeah. leads can lead to hostility. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. It's really interesting to look at um from like yeah. that cyclical thing of like how long this can go on if you aren't aware of the pattern. Yeah, that's a really great really great thought. I'm glad you shared that, Paula. I mean, yeah. It it makes me think like we we want to pay attention to this. We want to encourage collaboration and we want to like decrease these long-term problems and decreased rates of suicide and like not that like not to go above and beyond obviously this was like a really simple study like with like online surveys talking about loneliness but if we're taking it big picture like there are some big picture outlooks that show that that we need to be looking at loneliness and we need to be acknowledging it and we need to be thinking about how our actions influence that absolutely one hundo p baby 
Woo. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Study Buddies and a passing notes one at that. Oh, And we yeah. will see you next Tuesday for another episode and a new study. Woo-woo. Thanks, everyone. Go off and make sure to control yourself so you don't end up alone. Yes. Bye, everyone. Bye. You can follow Study Buddies on Instagram at Study Buddies Podcast or send us an email at studybuddiespodcast at gmail.com. Study Buddies is created and produced by Paula Sanchez Abreu and Taylor Collins. Our podcast is edited by Renee Collette. Our music was composed by singer-songwriter Caught in Between. Our graphics were designed by Monica Ray Summers Gonzalez. Our social media is run by Kieran Dio. Media photography by Sherry Lynn Photography.